The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We bless your holy name. And we thank you for the access we have into your presence. We thank you for the garment of praise with which you clothe us. We thank you for the spirit of worship. And we thank you for your burden removing yoke destroying power already at work in us. We ask that you have your way one more time in our midst this morning and in our personal lives. Lord, as always, we pray that nobody will live here the same way we came. Let your testimonies, even like the ones we heard this morning and the ones we received this week, let them continue to resound and reverberate in our lives over and over again to the glory of your name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for heaven on earth. Thank you for Goshen. Thank you for those things that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. That have not entered the hearts of men. But you have ordained for each and every one of us. From the least to the greatest. From the weakest to the strongest. Thank you because amongst us, a little one, a small one, will become a thousand. A little one, a small one, will become a great nation. We will continue to go from strength to strength as we appear before you here in Zion. Thank you that this is the least we will ever be. We ask that you send your word again to us this morning. Let us hear. Let us understand. Let us believe. And let us walk by faith into the fullness of what you have ordained for us. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. And the people of God shouted a loud hallelujah. Glory be to God. Can you help me high five a neighbor to your left and to your right? Tell them again, welcome to Goshen. Welcome to Goshen. Well, welcome is not actually the appropriate word because you have not just arrived. So let's say it like the Lord told us. Tell your neighbor, this is Goshen. This is Goshen. This is Goshen. Come on, tell your other neighbor, this is Goshen. Tell them you are in Goshen. I am in Goshen. Hallelujah. Every child of God is already in Goshen. The only thing is that you can be or you might be like Jacob that was in Goshen but did not realize he was in Goshen. And what changes that is revelation. So the Bible said he dreamed. And God showed him a ladder from heaven touching the earth. And that's what Goshen is about. It's about experiencing heaven on earth. And then when he woke up, he said, wow, this is no ordinary place. Hallelujah. This is the very house of God, the very gate of heaven. That was where he slept the night before. But he did not realize where he was. And the moment he began to realize where he was, a new chapter opened up for him. Hallelujah. And that is you. That is us. We need to recognize that we are in Goshen. And begin to walk by faith in that revelation, in that light. Somebody shout light. I have about three or four things that God has stirred up in my heart to share with us this morning. 
You walk in the light of that revelation. Let, let's start with that one. Ephesians chapter 5. I believe this was one of the scriptures Pastor Inda started us with in the beginning of the month. said, walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. From verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly. And he emphasized the place of wisdom in this text. But I want you to understand that a vital component of walking in wisdom is the walk of faith. Hallelujah. Wisdom will never advise you, counsel you, or direct you to walk in fear or unbelief. Every time wisdom ordains your steps, which is what Paul was emphasizing here, and we studied this um, some weeks back, it, it told us how we can do this work. The particular work was emphasizing. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So every time wisdom inspires your walk, you can be rest assured it will always be a walk of faith, which is what we're emphasizing in this teaching. If you are going to experience heaven on earth, somebody shout, that is my portion. Because that's the plan of God for you. You have to dwell in Goshen. One of the major things you must do is to live in Goshen. And if you are going to live in Goshen, you have to live by faith. Goshen is not necessarily a physical location. It's a space in your life where God ordains you to experience heaven on earth. In other words, when things are going haywire on the earth, Goshen is that space that God has allotted you that heavenly things will begin to happen for you on the earth. Praise God. Heavenly things. And in that light, it becomes irrelevant, as it were, whatever is going on on the earth. Sometimes it's very, it sounds insensitive when we make statements like that, that it doesn't matter, it doesn't, I don't care what's going on. And I can appreciate that, and I know some people feel that way. But if you catch the revelation, in fact, if you go back in that Ephesians chapter 5, let's go up to verse 8. Before he said, walk circumspectly or walk as wise people. Look at what he said in verse 8. For you are once darkness, but now, somebody shout, but now. Who are you now? Talk to me, somebody. You are light. You are light. Can somebody shout, I am light? I am light. And we, we, we've got to be like our father that can command light out of darkness. Because we are light. We are not darkness. We used to be darkness when we were not saved. But our very nature, now that we are born again, and our very essence in Christ is no longer darkness. I love what Paul was Discussing with the Corinthians, say what communion has light with darkness? What fellowship has Christ with Belial? You are no longer darkness. You are no longer of the devil. You are now light. And even if you find yourself in the midst of darkness, you don't associate with the darkness. You need to tell yourself and you need to know for yourself who you are. Very, very vital piece of information or revelation. Philemon chapter 1 verse 6 again. It's vital that you acknowledge who you are in Christ. Not who you are according to your situation. I told you last week, the walk of faith is a tricky walk. It's a slippery walk. You need to develop skill for it. 
Don't tell yourself you are poor. Because <laughs> I saw one funny joke, <laughs> one meme on the internet. Somebody said, my mother told me to work hard and work hard until my bank account begins to look and read like a phone number. How many digits does your phone have? That's the wisdom the mother was sharing with her. She now said, look at my bank balance, 911. 911 is a phone number. But that wasn't the wisdom being communicated. So I've achieved what my mother said. My bank balance is 911. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. <laughs> you get the humor. <laughs> the humor in what she was saying. Ah, 911. <laughs> now, your bank balance may be 911. And I don't need to tell you that in the current economy that we are living today, that's darkness. You don't have to associate with that darkness. You don't have to associate with that darkness. Put up that Philemon 1.6 again. He said you should acknowledge not what is in your bank account. Watch, watch the work of faith and the skill you need to have. Your bank account is 911 but you don't acknowledge that as who you are. You are not denying that your bank balance is 911. Talk to me, somebody. But you are over and above the fact that your balance is 911. You are acknowledging that in Christ you are an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. And the riches of God's glory in Christ are yours. That is light. That is light. Light is that the riches of God in glory is what you have. Darkness is that your bank balance is 911. The walk of faith is which one you choose. So the, if you walk by faith, it will push you to take the track of I have the abundance of God's riches in Christ Jesus. And that walk of faith will guide you on a path where, before you know it, your bank balance will start looking like a real phone number. I mean, I don't know whether you can mention your phone number out. Just try to imagine if that's the balance on your account. That's 11-digit number. How many people would like an 11-digit balance in your bank account? For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Even though he was rich for your sake, he became poor. So that you through his poverty might what? Have an 11 digit bank balance. Hallelujah. Praise God. And this is how we experience heaven on earth. So it says here, you used to be darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Somebody say in the Lord. Say in Christ. What are you now supposed to do? Walk. Walk. As children of light. Walk in light. Don't walk in the darkness. Don't walk in the darkness. Don't walk in the darkness. Darkness will cover the earth, gross darkness the people, but don't walk in the darkness. You are no longer the darkness. You are light. Hallelujah. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and faith. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Verse 11. And have no fellowship. Somebody shout no fellowship. You see, what we are doing in service today is a form of fellowship. 
we left our homes. We took our baths, I hope. You put on clothes. You came to church intentionally. I, I, I hope you know that. It's not like you, you, you see all these things they do on TikTok. Somebody has this clothes and then he does that and he changes. You know that's not how you came to church this morning. <laughs> Before you start thinking you came to church via TikTok. No. Praise God. It's very easy to avoid fellowship. Just do nothing. Hello? Do nothing. But just natural, physical church fellowship, you know what it costs you to be here today. Particularly some of our church workers. I'm sure many of them are up by 3 a.m., 4 a.m. to be here to have this service. I know pastors are praying from what time? 5 a.m. Fellowship takes intentionality. Real fellowship. Real fellowship. You know, just one of the songs we sang in worship, when the song came up my spirit, that we sang, um, I stand, the, the, the lyrics was amazed. But somehow, as the, it was, the word was coming to my mind was alone. So I said, I stand alone in your presence. Then, okay, the original song now came. But those people are telling me, yeah, that's really how you worship. You, you stand alone in God's presence. Real worship takes intimacy. And that's why some people can't worship because they can't be alone with God. Both privately, watch skill of work of faith again, even publicly. You've got to know how to be alone in public. It's easier to do it in, well, not necessarily easier. Because sometimes some people, the challenge is ah, they can worship in church, but on their own, it's a bit of a challenge. So both of them have their hiccups. But fellowship takes intentionality. And he's telling you here, by force, by force, no grief for anybody. Don't have fellowship with darkness. Refuse to have fellowship with darkness. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, I refuse to have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Say, but rather expose them. And it is light that exposes darkness. Light does what? Exposes darkness. Oh, hallelujah. Go with me to 1 Kings 19. Let's look at a very, very practical display this morning. Glory, glory be to God. We won't stop praising you. Sorry, Second Kings, I believe it's chapter 7, not 19. I gave you the wrong reference. You know, it's, it's amazing the kind of things God does for us. We are coming to church this morning, and the Spirit of God just brought this in my heart that I should share this with us. And we were on the road, it was Western Avenue, and there was a car beside us going relatively slower than I was going. And I was about to overtake the car. And just a few moments before I moved past him, one of his tires exploded. And it looked as if he now wanted to lose control and tilt to our lane. But thank God whether it's a driver or angels, the guy was able to stay in his lane. The only thing I could do was just say, Jesus, if the guy entered our lane, I would have run into him with speed. There was, there was not, it was too late. It was, it was just too late. There was nothing. But thank God. Somebody say thank God. He did his day. And I continued... 
I'm trying to make it English. Day this day there, and I continued my <laughs> You know that's how accidents accidents happen. Anything could have happened. If you watch movies, let me give you a Hollywood or Nollywood version. I mean, he could have lost control, hit my car. Well, Western Avenue, just by, um, where is the National Theater? On the bridge. He could have knocked the other car off. I mean, anything could have happened. Hallelujah. But thank God. And I, I said this after that. We don't know how many miracles God does. See, that's the one we saw. Or the one we could reason. There are some that you went to the motor park to board the bus. When you got there, the bus was full. Then you had to wait 30 minutes for the next bus. And that bus, you won't know, but one hour later, something could have happened to them. Can you lift your hands and just bless God for his help over your life? What you know and what you don't know. Just thank him. Thank him. Hallelujah. Thank him. Thank him. And I'm not just talking protection. I'm talking provision. I'm talking health. I'm talking deliverance. Only God knows how many people have taken your name somewhere that they should not have taken your name. Or your children's name somewhere they should not have taken your children's name. Thank God. Hallelujah. So there are things, I said all that to say this. First, um, this text in 2 Kings 7. There are things that God is doing in our lives. One of the most amazing testimonies I had this week, one of our brothers in church, he had been expecting, I won't go into details because I've not even spoken with him whether he is ready to go public yet. But one major thing, year after year. There are, you know those people that when you see you, you just say, God, when? God, when? I love that testimony about the guy that his promotion was delayed for a few months. He knew he was due to get promotion. I'm sure the employers knew. God when, God when. But I love when the Bible says in his time he makes all things beautiful. And when the time came, the promotion came, hallelujah, and they backdated it. So it's not as if he lost anything per se. No, maybe God knew what he was doing. That. Don't get this money four months ago. Because something else, may, I don't, we, we, the timing thing, we've got to learn to trust God for it. Hallelujah. I mean, had this amazing testimony this week. The thing he has been waiting for for years, boom, just like that. And that's the kind of thing that happened here. If you go back to chapter 6, I talked on this briefly Wednesday service. They were besieged in Samaria. And things, the exchange rate, let me, that's how we use it, I use it on Wednesday. The exchange rate got so bad that two mothers came together and says, and, and they told each other, let's kill my own child and eat today. And tomorrow we'll kill your own child and eat. Now the Bible does not exaggerate. Hello? I mean, this is probably one of the strangest things we've read in Bible. The Bible doesn't what? Hallelujah. Verse 28. In fact, let's, let's read from... I, I want to just read some things here. Verse 26. Then as the king of Israel was... Chapter 6 now, 2 Kings 6, verse 26. We're going to chapter 7, but I just want to use that as a backdrop. As the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him, saying, Help me, O king. And the king said, actually, this response from the king is quite powerful. If the Lord does not help you, where can I find help for you? There are some situations where it gets so bad the exchange rate gets so bad, the king says, look, it's beyond my power. That's what the king was saying, that it is beyond our power. All of us are looking to God now. If the Lord does not help you, praise God. 
And that's why it's so vital for all of us to use our faith to receive help from God. Somebody shout, I receive help from heaven. In the name of Jesus. She answered, this woman said to me, give your son that we may eat him today and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and ate him. See, one of the things we teach from scriptures is, is not everything that is in the Bible. <laughs> that is of faith. But the Bible is a faith book. <laughs> Hello? You don't read this kind of verse and say, eh, it is written. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody this morning? <laughs> and I said to her on the next day, give your son that we may eat him. But she has hidden her son. Now, the king knew it was bad. Please follow. I, I'm, I'm doing this deliberately. Please watch this. The king knew it was bad. He said, ah, look, it has gotten to a level where even me, I can't help you. When she told him her story, now it happened that when the king had the words of this woman, see, it, wasn't, it hadn't gone to the point where he was tearing his clothes yet. When he had this story, what did he do? He tore his clothes. As he passed by on the wall, the people looked, and there underneath he had sackcloth on his body. The king, he did not realize it had gotten that bad. He knew it was bad. But to the point where mothers are eating their children in my kingdom, under, he didn't know it was that bad. May we never know it that bad in Jesus' name. I mean, this is terrible. Hello? But I read that to tell us this. Please watch. This is where I'm going. Even as terrible as that situation was, God was working something behind the scene. <laughs> Hallelujah. God was working something behind the scene. These are the kind of questions me when I get to heaven, if they allow me, and I believe that I will ask God, but why? You know, the, the ways of God we can't always comprehend. God, God was as terrible. You will say in that kind of situation, ah, it's as if God has abandoned those people. No, he had not abandoned them. When you get to chapter 7, you realize he had not abandoned them. But how it got that bad? Why God was walking something, that's the one our minds cannot fathom. Am I talking to somebody this morning? I'm saying all that to tell you, is no matter how terrible the darkness is, don't embrace the darkness. That's what those women did. If only they had told those women, that woman, you are in chapter 6. Chapter 7, everything will have changed. She will not have sacrificed her child. But she chose the darkness because she felt it was so bad. Perhaps God has abandoned us. God has forsaken us. Who is going to help us? Chapter 6, so they ate the children in chapter 6. Can I show you something else that the Spirit just brought to my heart? I think this will help somebody. When the king heard that mothers were eating their children, and he tore his clothes. And he, I mean, it was so bad. And this is what usually happens. When things get terrible, and it's a form of embracing the darkness, people start looking for who to blame. And a very good target is men of God. And in our day, social media is the platform. Don't join them all. It's part of embracing the darkness. So the king said, verse 31, then he said, God, do so to me, and more also, if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, remains on him today. What did the man of God? The man of God that God used to bring the solution. Okay, if you had cut off the head of Elisha in chapter 6, how will the victory come in chapter 7? 
they will always find someone to blame. Some people will not blame man of God. They will blame the president or the previous president. or Abad. Some people are still blaming Abacha till now. And I'm sure if you check the Genesis, Abacha's part is there, Buari's part is there. But all that is still what? Embracing the darkness. Finding who to blame. The woman, this woman was blaming the other woman that made the contract with her. Even if someone comes to you and says, let us kill our children, you yourself... The walk of faith is a slippery, tricky. The woman was just deceived by the devil. Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. Chapter 7, verse 1. Then Elisha said, Hear the word of Elisha. Talk to me, church. Hear the word of what? The Lord. God was walking. God was walking. Embrace the light. In the midst of darkness, embrace light. Never assume God has forsaken or abandoned you. He himself has said, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. But the timing is not just something, we, that's not our part. Our part is to walk by faith and not by sight. When the word will be released, you can't determine it. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time, a seer of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel. Two seers of barley for a shekel at the gates of Samaria. Everything is going to change. Hallelujah. And indeed, everything changed. Things will work out in your favor in the name of Jesus. Everything that is hurting right now, God is going to give you a testimony out of it in the name of Jesus. Everything that is painful, that is making you cry right now, God will turn it around for your good in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. But walk in the light. Tell somebody, walk in the light. Walk in the light. When that word came, somebody chose to embrace the darkness again. At every stage, even, please watch this, even when solution comes. I mean, this guy, we didn't know any story about him before. But it was when the solution was proclaimed, tomorrow, everything, which that's when he embraced darkness. That was when he chose to embrace darkness. The woman that gave up her child, she did it one chapter before. He did it when the word, when the answer came, when the solution came. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Let me close. This is what God told me to do to over you today. Go to Psalm 23. Hallelujah. Psalm 23 as we close this morning. Ah, if there was somebody that knew how to walk by faith, David was the man. David was the man. David was the man. And this is what he said. We're going to read from verse 1 to 6. Because this is how to walk by faith in the midst of darkness. But I want to emphasize verse 4 very quickly. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of what? Though I walk through the what? I will embrace the evil. I will embrace the darkness. Though I walk through, and you see, when many of us quote and read 
things like this in scripture, we are reading fury for the most part. Now, I'm not knocking off the fact that some people, and perhaps on the sound of my voice, you are practically walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Maybe the doctors have given you an, a very, very negative report that this is a life-threatening situation. Or maybe it's the value of shadow of death financially. Your bank account is actually 911. And there's school fees to pay tomorrow. Or any other thing. But I want you to understand that when David wrote Psalms like this, when he said the valley of the shadow of death, the king and the army of the king was chasing him as a fugitive of the nation. And anywhere they found him, it was shoot on sight. His head was actually on the line. So he wasn't speaking fury. It was what I'm going through. My life is on the line. Though I walk through the valley of the, uh, of the, the, valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Somebody shout, I will fear no evil. And look at the fact that he had a Goshen mentality. He was a Goshenite. If you were here on Wednesday, you know what we are talking about. If you followed the Wednesday service. Why will I fear no evil? Read that next sentence. What did he say? You are with me. That's all I have. You are with me. You are with me. And we said that is the key of Goshen. That is the cocoa of Goshen. You are not in Goshen because the king is not chasing you. Mm -mm. The king may not be chasing you. If God is not with you, hello, you are still in trouble. But even if the king is chasing you to kill you, and you are literally walking in the valley of the shadow of death, if God is with you, hallelujah, sir, you are in Goshen. What you now need to choose is you're not going to embrace the fear. You're not going to embrace the darkness. You're not going to embrace the fear of death. Hallelujah. Somebody say, he's with me. He is with me. Your rod and your staff, they what? Comfort me. Use that metaphor of, of a shepherd. Bible scholars tell us those Hebrew shepherds, they had a rod and they had a staff. And they will always use it to guide the sheep. They are, they are leading the sheep in a direction. The sheep wants to say, no, this is the way to go. This is the way to go. This, this is the way to go. The rod was a bit firmer. The staff was a bit softer. Sometimes they will have to talk firm with the sheep. Hallelujah. Verse 1. And this is embracing light. So when, I read verse 4 before because when David was saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I don't want you to picture a David that is sitting on the throne as a king. That's not what was happening. This was fugitive David walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but choosing not to embrace the darkness. Oh, hallelujah. Choosing not to embrace the darkness. He was in the midst of the greatest want of his life, but his declaration of faith was that because God is with me and because God is my shepherd, I shall not want. And there were wants all over. There was lack everywhere. There was hunger everywhere. There was thirst everywhere. There was the valley. I mean, there was the shadow of death everywhere. But he chose not to embrace the darkness. Who am I talking to this morning? Chose not to embrace the darkness. Praise God. Look at what he was saying again. I know you know it. Look at it again. I shall not want. Not because I have a three-course meal made by my chef in the king's palace. Not because I even know for sure whether I'm going to make it alive by the end of tonight. 
but because God is my shepherd. Somebody say, God is my shepherd. God is with me. That's how I'm going to make it through this darkness. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Sir, there were no green pastures beside him. There were no green pastures. He was literally running for his life. He leads me beside still waters. There were no still waters. Troubled waters everywhere. But he chose not to embrace the darkness. Hallelujah. He restores my soul. Do you know the person that needs restoration of soul? Somebody that is anxious. Somebody that fear wants to cloak you because of what you are going through. But David was saying himself, I will not embrace the darkness. Somebody shout, I will not embrace the darkness. The Lord restores my soul. Hallelujah. He leads me where? In the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though what I'm going through is death. Shadow of death means the threat of death is near. But I will not fear. Hallelujah. I will not fear. Verse 5. As we wrap up this morning. He prepares a table before me. In the presence of who? My enemies. So he recognized that there were threats and there were enemies all around him. But he trusted God to meet his needs. He anoints my head with what? My cup does what? Surely, hallelujah, goodness and mercy shall do what? See, I am not embracing the darkness. I'm not embracing the fear of death. In the midst of this darkness, there is light. The God I serve is the God that commands light to come out of darkness. So my confession is that goodness and mercy will follow me, not death. Not death. How long will goodness and mercy follow me, somebody? And I will do what? Dwell in Goshen. See, this was what Jacob said when he knew the presence of God was with him. What did they call it? The house of the Lord. What they are referring to is the presence of the Lord. The key is that God is what? With me. God is what? With me. Please hear me as we wrap up this morning. God with you does not mean there will not be famine in the land. God with you does not mean the exchange rate will not get so bad that mothers will start eating their children. That there's famine in the land does not mean God has abandoned you. That you open the newspaper and you are reading all manner of evil reports, including mothers are eating their children, does not mean that God has forsaken us. The next chapter, everything changed. Hallelujah. The only question, I asked you some questions last Sunday. Let me add one more to it. The question last Sunday was that examine your faith. Are you living by faith? Are you walking by faith? And don't make that a jam question or a PhD question. It's a simple question. It only takes mustard seed faith. Hello, somebody? Don't complicate faith. Let me tell you, neighbor, somebody, don't complicate faith. Faith simply means believing what God has said. Don't complicate it. Don't, don't, don't try and tell yourself, hey, I'm not a spiritual giant. That's not what we are talking about. The children of Israel. By faith, they walk through the Red Sea. Hallelujah. We said two powerful things last Sunday. 
keep hearing and hearing and hearing. What, what are you supposed to keep hearing and hearing and hearing? The word of God. And the second thing we said is keep charging up yourself by the help of the Holy Ghost. God told me to tell somebody this morning, don't embrace the darkness. As an act of faith, embrace light. Find light. Hallelujah. In the midst of that darkness and embrace it. Ah, Pastor, I don't know what to do. That's why I read Psalm 23 for you. That, that's what to do. Those, what David did in them. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, my confession is the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in Goshen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen to me. That's how we are going to make it through this darkness. Praise God. And I tell you, on the other side, by the time chapter 7 of 2nd Kings shows up, hello somebody, and everything has turned on its head, and the song of the nation is when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, who are like them that dreamed, I promise you, you will be standing right there with us in the name of Jesus. Like the psalmist said, you will be carrying your sheaves of testimony with you in the name of Jesus. But don't embrace the darkness. Hallelujah. Walk in the light. Jump up on your feet this morning. Glory be to God. Somebody begin to declare, I walk in the light. I walk in the light. I walk in the promises of God. I walk in the word of God. I will not fear. I will not choose the darkness. I will embrace the love of God. I will embrace the word of God. I will embrace the peace of God. I will embrace the mercy of God. I will embrace everything that heaven is offering me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. I choose God. I choose light. I do not embrace the darkness. Open your mouth, pray in the Holy Ghost and make those declarations over and again this morning. I choose light. I choose light. I choose the love of God. I choose the mercy of God. I choose the peace of God. I choose the promise of God. I choose, God. Of God. I choose what God has said. I do not choose what is happening that is negative or contrary to God's promises. I will not embrace the darkness. I am light in the Lord. Darkness has nothing to do with me. Somebody in need this morning, will you open your mouth and declare, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Open your mouth and choose that light this morning. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. If the pressure of the darkness around you is a matter of financial need or you have deadlines and you don't know how you are going to pay those bills, open your mouth and choose the light this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Declare that over and over again and pray in the Holy Ghost. Somebody that is anxious, somebody that is worried, somebody that is fretful, somebody that you are nervous because maybe some things are not going right the way you want it to go in your life. Begin to declare he restores my soul. He restores my soul. I have 
peace in the name of Jesus. I rest in the goodness of God. I am covered by the blood of Jesus. I will not fear. I will not worry. I will not fret. I will not embrace the darkness. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Somebody you are surrounded with all manner of pressure. You are surrounded with all manner of challenges and difficulty like David was here when he said I walk in the valley of the shadow of death begin to declare this morning I will not fear I will not fear his rod and his staff they comfort me God comforts me God comforts me I do not embrace the darkness I choose the light God comforts me God comforts me God comforts me even though I'm besieged on every side he comforts me his rod and his staff comforts me somebody that you are surrounded by enemies everywhere you look it's as if enemies to the north to the south to the east to the west will you begin to declare this morning he anoints my head with oil my cup runs over he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies he prepares a table hey my enemies will not make me to make the wrong move I will not be afraid God prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies whatever your issue is put the word of God in your mouth put the promises of God in your mouth embrace the light embrace the light embrace the light embrace the light for you used to be darkness but now you are light <laughs> embrace the light listen to me everybody whatever the situation is around you there's a light you can embrace am I talking to somebody this morning somebody said there's a light I can embrace and that's your choice that's how you walk by faith that is what how you walk right there in the midst of the darkness hallelujah can we declare this together this morning surely I can't hear somebody say surely louder still declare surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life because I dwell in Goshen. Say it again. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life because I dwell in Goshen. Begin to pray like somebody that knows they dwell in Goshen. Begin to pray like somebody that knows that God is with them. Begins to pray like somebody that knows that God has your back. Begin to pray like someone that knows that if God be for me, who can be against me? Somebody pray fervently this morning. Declare, declare the word of God over your life. Goodness and mercy follows me. God is with me. I dwell in Goshen. I choose faith over fear. I choose light over darkness. Surely, surely, goodness and mercy is what follows me. Goodness and mercy is what follows me. Goodness and mercy is what follows me. I see some people, it's as if you have turned things around in your favor. As you are praying and declaring this morning, you have turned things to your advantage. As you are praying and declaring this morning, you have turned the tide and things are now going to return to you. Good 
good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. As you are praying and declaring, you have turned the tide in your favor. You have turned, instead of the darkness running over you, the light has now taken over. As you threw away the darkness and you embraced the light, you have turned the tide in your favor. Surely, goodness and mercy follows me. Oh, come on, declare it and pray fervently in the Holy Ghost. Surely. I choose the light. I choose light. I choose light. I choose light. I will not embrace the darkness. I will not embrace the darkness. I choose light. In the name of Jesus. Listen to this very carefully. We are still going to pray for a few more minutes. Please pray these prayers and dive in with us with all your heart. Hear me very well. The Bible told us about blind Bartimaeus. And he was somebody that had embraced darkness all his life. He was blind. And he was living or dwelling in darkness. And one day as he sat by, sat by the roadside, cloaked in darkness, covered in the darkness, inside and outside. He had a commotion and he said, what's going on? They said, Jesus is passing by. And what did he begin to do? The Bible said he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. And Jesus stopped and turned to him and said they should call him. And what did he do? He threw away the, the, the cloak. Hello, somebody. That's what I want somebody to do this morning. Throw away that darkness. Whether it is financial and it looks as if there are needs all over, declare the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Oh, hallelujah. Let me look at anybody this morning and say, throw away the cloak of darkness. I hear the Lord say to somebody this morning, you have dwelt in the darkness for too long. Throw away the cloak. You are anxious, you are nervous, you are fretful, you can't sleep at night. You are always worried because of all the negative reports you are hearing. Throw away that cloak of darkness. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Throw away the cloak. You don't need it. Hallelujah. There is death, literally death all around you. Looks as if your marriage is about to die. Looks as if your business is about to die. Looks as if your career is about to die. And even some people, it looks as if your life is threatened. Throw away that cloak of darkness. I will not fear. I will not fear. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. I will not fear. He threw it away. These are all the pressure points that were around David's life. He threw it away. Praise God. And he crowned everything. Goodness and mercy will follow me. Hallelujah. I don't know which is your own this morning. I'm going to give you a few minutes. Somebody declare, I threw away every cloak of darkness. I embrace the light. I walk in the light. Because I walk by faith and not by sight. I throw away every cloak of darkness around my life. From today, I declare freedom in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth, begin to declare the word that concerns you the most and pray in the spirit. If you don't know what else to say, declare the word that covers your situation the most. Surely, goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. He, he 
prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Declare the one that concerns you. Oh, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. He restores my soul. Somebody, you are going to sleep the best night's sleep you've had in months and in years tonight. If you will put that word in your mouth and throw away the darkness, he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. How can you be light and you can't sleep soundly at night? He restores my soul. He giveth his beloved sleep. Throw away the darkness. Your bank account is reading 911. And you have a million naira bill to pay tomorrow. Put it in your mouth. Throw away the cloak of darkness. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to walk in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Throw away the darkness. Throw away the darkness. You are light. You are not darkness. Throw away the darkness. That's how you walk by faith. That's how you walk by faith. That's how you walk by faith. Kanamosakata yala begedosa. Hey, yala brekedosa. Kata yada bababababa. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I dwell in Goshen. This is Goshen. I dwell in Goshen. This is Goshen. Goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00640.